You do not have to be perfect to do the things that you love or to even get started, you know, because mm. perfection and getting better comes with time, with practice. And yeah. if you fall, you get up. You fall, you get up. I have no issue with embarrassing myself, which is probably why I, I, I don't mind taking these risks. Hi, I'm Dina, teacher and reluctant puppeteer turned host of La Bifana's Table, a podcast dedicated to the art of sacred hospitality. For each week, Listeners are invited to feast on real-life stories of hope and healing, as well as soul-nourishing conversations with folks from all walks of life who are utilizing their gifts in both small ways and large to make the world a more beautiful place. So pull up a seat, tell some friends, and become a part of a legendary story. Welcome to La Bufana's Table. I am really excited. Today, I am here with Irma Cadiz, also known as the Coquito Lady, a wonderful woman that I saw while I was salsa dancing by the Harlem Mirror and on a hot, sweaty summer night. And I always <laughs> thought Coquito was, you know, not a summer thing, but all of a sudden there was this beautiful, frozen <laughs> Coquito. And I was like, oh my God. Who is this amazing woman? Year-round. Coquito so, <laughs> is a year-round thing for holidays and sweaty salsa dancing nights. And That's I'm fun. just so excited to learn more about your journey, your story. Thank you for having me. Yeah, Coquito, you know, it's something that's near and dear to all our hearts. You know, the holidays come up and, and you just you can't wait to crack open a bottle or to make it with your family. And I just thought, you know, I, I think I was brainstorming because the truth of the matter is I, I'm an actress. Mm -hmm. And as we all know, until you get your big break, you're going to be hustling for quite some time. And I was looking for a, some sort of a high side hustle, just the way many people do actually during COVID. And that's how a lot of businesses started. And it was something I already loved doing. And I just, it just kind of evolved. I, I, uh, I started off modeling popsicle sticks with it and quickly found out that though it freezes as well, it can be a little messy, but I sampled it frozen. I called it Christmas in July because that's yes. basically when I started. And that it just kind of took off from there. I moved on from popsicle molds to using the sleeves because they were less messy and easily transported, easier to put a label on, so many reasons why. But it literally is how it started. I just started walking around Harlem selling these ICs. And then in, in time, it evolved to different flavors. And by the time the holidays were around, it evolved to bottles and selling. And, you know, I'm, I'm not Puerto Rican and Dominican, so I actually make coquito and other drinks. I make um, beverages that are pretty much close to my culture. For example, on the Dominican side, we drink a lot of limeade, limonadas. And okay. I played around with that formula, too, and decided to add alcohol to that. And that also turned out to be a surprise seller, let me tell you. Um, I played around with morir soñandos and many other, you know, flavors to our culture. But we call it culture served on ice. That, that's our slogan. Say that again, culture served on ice. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. That's really beautiful. And, yeah, it, and it's, it literally is the story behind everything I do. I, I think I, as an adult, I've been on a discovery to find out more about my culture and things that I probably didn't appreciate as much when I was younger. Mm -hmm. And as an adult with grown kids now, I kind of just, it's like trying to find a piece of home again. Mm -hmm. Things that we, you know, you, you took it for granted. You grew up with these things and now you realize, no, this is a... a a storytelling a bit of who you are and where you came from and your ancestors. And we have to try to hold on to that. So that that's that's a big part of the company. It's an experience. Mm -hmm. 
I really, I really resonate with that. I'm, I'm in a similar place of my journey and, and a lot of love of fun is table is, you know, kind of grasping onto something of my own cultural heritage, um, as a way of, um, not only exploring my own heritage, there's something about when you kind of find that thing within your roots to hold on to that allows you to, to go beyond yourself. And so I'm really excited to be on that kind of similar journey of finding what's real in my roots that I can hold on to and, and bring forward into the future and preserving, yeah. preserving something yeah. and, and moving into the future in, in a new kind of way of being. And, um, I, I really, I want to go back for a second and just, you know, for anyone who is not a New Yorker or understands or Puerto Rican or understands Coquito, what is what is the story of Coquito? And tell me some Coquito stories from your childhood. Well, this is wonderful because it's, it's exactly what I love to do. Um, the biggest question I get actually from people is what is Coquito? And I just have to, <laughs> I laugh, but I'm happy to explain it because it's true. Unless you're a New Yorker who happens to be around a lot of Latinos or yeah. you know, Puerto Ricans specifically, because it is very specific to our culture. You might not necessarily know what it is. It's um, it's actually we don't know the origins of the modern day version of coquito, but we do know that it's a derivative from something called ponche, which was brought over for, from Spain. You know, and that was originally made with their liquors and milks and things like that. Okay, um, but you, you know, you take a few boat rides over and cultures mixing, and then suddenly there's rum. You know, and you're infusing it with coconut milk, and you know, it's for generations. What we do know is that it's been made in family homes. It's uh, traditionally given away, mm. but very similar to the way people make cookies together and give them away during Christmas. That's what Puerto Ricans do with coquito. Mm. And it literally translates to little coconut, which is the main ingredients in this are coconut milks and creams. You have some evaporated milks, condensed milks, you know, and then you add some rum, a lot of spices and love. And, and then you get this wonderful drink that just fills you up with memories and it, it just takes you mm. back to a certain place, you know? Mm. So that that's what coquito is. It's a lot of love bottled up into a bottle, and traditionally, you would give these away. Love in a bottle. That's that's so nice. You know, I think there's this kind of uh, food in general, or drinks in general. You know, they bring us back to these these memories. And um, what what would you say are some like I don't know primary coquito memories in your in your head or are there are there you know times that you remember when you gave a bottle of coquito away and you know from your own childhood or or what what does it evoke for you it was more into my adulthood actually because believe it or not i'm a born and raised evangelical my mother didn't drink and oh. she's also dominican and remember this is from the puerto rican side right my dad okay. is the my dad is the one that's puerto rican so sadly i was denied for a good chunk of my life <laughs> And as I got older, I started learning how to make it with my family here in the city because I was I was raised upstate in New York, um, in Rochester. Oh, um, okay. But I have a ton of family here, and just over the years, just practicing making it, passing it on to them, serving it at the parties—not uh, mm. necessarily bottles, but actually just making it and letting yeah. it through there and and serving it and drinking it together. That's kind of the way I grew to understand it and love it. And same from being served at Christmas functions. With my family. <laughs> yeah. You know, you get a taste for it and you just, you don't, you don't go back. <laughs> you don't go I, back. I have to say a lot of people compare it to eggnog, but it's not, there's no egg. It, it's not eggnog. Yeah. yeah. I, I could see if someone has no idea what it is, that it's mm -hmm. like, that's a starter comparison, but it, mm -hmm. I feel like it is, it can't be compared to it. You have to. Oh, it's a subtle difference. differences. Um, the egg being a major one. 
but referring back to the original, the ponche that did have eggs. So I think that's where the comparison comes from because some or some Puerto Rican versions did use eggs and um, it's just kind of evolved over time. Mm. That's why I say there's no way to really pinpoint. Yeah. Uh, exactly who invented this modern day version. It's, it's definitely been an evolution of passing along. And if you look into other Latin cultures, because, you know, again, Spain with their dominant influence, there are similar versions in other countries. Like I, I believe in Honduras and certain Central American countries, they make hobope, which is a similar type of drink. Every culture will have their name for it. Um, yeah. But for us, that, that's what Coquito is. It's love in a bottle. It's, it's Christmas. It's all of the above. And, and yeah, you should definitely, if you haven't tried some, you got to get some. Oh, yeah. What's going on? Yeah, exactly. It says, well, that's what we want to do at Love of Fun is Table is is bring everybody together because everybody needs everybody needs a Coquito lady in their life. And they you need some Puerto Rican friends to to show you the ropes. Well, we're here to serve you. (laughs) I haven't had it. Let me tell you, I invite you over to my website. (laughs) We'll send it over and you get to see what the bus is all about. And uh, tell me some of your experience. I mean, you know, you just... It's so funny, you know, the, the the way things arise and circumstances lead to you doing something you didn't think you would do before. What was it, you know, I think there's just so much about culture that arises like in the streets and you like you brought it into the streets of Harlem. What were some of the spots that you originally like started, you know, sharing Coquito with or selling your Coquito with? As a business, I mean, you kind of saw yeah. it. I was, I was, yeah. I live in Harlem and I started the sampling right around the building that I live and yeah. around the people. I moved around a little bit to Central Park. There's yeah. a wonderful dance school that I attend called Lorenz Latin Dance. And I would yes. sell in front of theirs. You know, they they were they actually have been pivotal and wonderful to me. And they allowed me to sell my product. So Spanish Harlem got the most of it, actually. You know, and then it just kind of evolved from there. So some liquor stores gave me a chance. Last year, we did tastings at a local liquor store on Lenox. And we sold quite a few bottles. And, you know, experiences like that. I've done a few pop-up shops. Yeah. And it's just evolved from there and then you know as people start getting to know you they start inviting you to certain functions and listen we're always looking for collaborations we're always looking for a shop you know uh to post up at and introduce the rest of the neighborhood to so it's a beautiful way of connecting of sharing culture of a lot of of foot traffic of celebrating and (laughs) and getting to know each other but it's just that i'm always so impressed by people who just go for it and that i remember i remember watching seeing you and you have such a bright light and i was like oh my god this is this is amazing <laughs> yeah. yeah now you don't always know which way things are going to go you really don't i you know i just i just knew i wanted to start something and i wanted to you know and when i thought about what business i wanted to start i knew it had to be something i already love and something mm-hmm. i believe in because yeah. you know, the truth is you, you can't just start a business just for the sake of doing or any hobby or project for that matter it has to be something you truly believe in otherwise yeah. it's not going to move the product right. is not going to move because in the end you are also the product Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a lot of people, when they buy that from me, they're also buying my story. Yeah. Which yeah. is something that I, I love and, and hold to. You know, yeah. Getting a piece of me in that. Yeah, absolutely. Now, weren't you recently part of a competition? Yes. Um, we, the Great American Recipe, which aired on PBS this past summer. Yeah. Uh, competed. I did two episodes on that. I'm truly surprised that got even that far. <laughs> hey. <laughs> because... Just like I was saying with Coquito, I have been on a self-discovery. And the truth is, and this is the story I told that network, which might have got me on this show. I don't have that same story that a lot of people talk about when they compete. Oh, I grew up in the kitchen with my mom and I loved it. And 
we mm. bonded. Now, this is not my story. Like mm. my mom wanted me to cook and I did not want anything to do with it. I wanted to be outside. I had, mm. you know, and like many immigrant, you know, my parents were immigrants, not me, but like many children of immigrant parents, we want what the American kids are having. And like I say, there might have not been an appreciation necessarily mm. for our culture's food. So you fast forward, my kids are grown and now you see me as, as an adult with time. And I've been on a discovery, um, learning how to make recipes from our culture that I miss from my own mother. And mm-hmm. no, it's because of distance and things that you took for granted. I've tried to learn how to make as an adult, you know, and just to find a way back home in a way and, and, and just to show an appreciation for what our parents did do for us, you know, that, you know, so yeah, I, I'm on the show. I cook a few dishes. I cooked mofongo with camarones. I made pastelon. Mm-hmm. I made bacalaitos. And what took me out was the chicken pot pie. <laughs> a lot of people don't know that there were some heating issues on that show that'll never air but there were some <laughs> heating issues and though they told me that the chicken pot pie was really really savory the dough was just undercooked and that's what took me out but it was such a great experience i gotta say i, I don't regret a bit of it and and it, it seems to be a symbiosity thing happening with yeah everything you see the coquito the cooking it's all a part of me learning and, and it's all a part of me trying to embrace that culture everything that you find that i've been doing is me trying to embrace my culture. And, I'll even and, tell you that during COVID, mm-hmm. there was, uh, we all had a lot of time, right? Yeah. I even started a support group for Latinas who can't dance. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we had time, girlfriend. We had time. We, we <laughs> Here's a witness. I love it. I never heard this. And I was like, talk about support groups. Yeah. Oh, listen, honey, there's a ton of us out there. Okay. There are Latin dance schools on here and you know who's in there. It's not just people from other cultures. There's a lot of Latinos. Okay. Oh <laughs> my God. A support group for you guys heard it here. If you've been dating, if you were Latino and cannot dance, there is a support group for you. And after a few glasses of Coquito, you might become a better. <laughs> oh, alcohol makes us all really good dancers. Let me tell you. <laughs> tell me about the support group for. He knows I cannot dance. Tell me about this. Well, again, raised evangelical, two left feet, right? Mm. You would think if, if the name in of itself is a play on the stereotype. Obviously, yeah. the group was open to anybody. Men, yeah. men, I didn't care about race, but it was a play on the stereotype because everybody thinks, oh, hot Latina, she can cook, she can dance, she can cuss. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, no, we would you not all. <laughs> like, so yeah, I sp- basically I was doing a lot of Zumba to try to keep myself a little active during COVID. Yeah. At some point I just started recording it and inviting my friends and we started recording each other and sharing, duetting the tapes and it just became the support group for Latinas who can't dance. Really. Oh my God. It was God. a way to stay active. It was a way to bond. It was a way to maybe not blow your head off during the time that we were. <laughs> but again, it's me trying to hold on to a bit of my culture. That's all. That's really. And so I feel like maybe that's a thread that's emerging for many people, you know, especially, I don't know if it's our age group or that. I'm like, is this happening for everyone? Or am I just talking to the same people who are going through the same thing? You know, you said you were, you were born here. You were born in the United States. You're, yeah, I was born in upstate New York. My parents met here. Yeah. Uh huh. And this like, you know, if, if you're, you know, I'm a third generation Italian American. So like I'm grasping at threads and, uh, that like longing. And, you know, I have, a, I, I, I resonate with you saying this, like not paying attention enough in terms of the, in being in the kitchen and what that really means. You know, in, in some ways, 
um, you know, I think so many of us have like run away from it. Like, I don't, I want independence and whatever this yes. is just to realize like, oh, wait a second, we're losing something important and Correct. there's a slowing down. And so for you, for yourself on your own journey of, you know, self-discovery, and I don't know, it seems like also like a reclamation of, of, of sorts. What are those important pieces and what do you hope to be like passing to the next generation? through this work that you're doing. I, you know, it's funny. I, you never realize so many people were going to, you know, you're putting out reels. It's a fun thing to do. You're trying to connect with you. You don't end up realizing how many people you may end up touching or even the doors that opened up. Yeah. To be honest. It was never a plan to touch anybody. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm more of showing my kids that, you know what? Don't take life so seriously. You can have fun. You can, you don't have to be perfect. I think if, if there's an underlying thread with me is you don't have to be perfect to do something. Just do it. Mm. You know, I'm not a perfect chef at all. I'm not, I wouldn't even call myself a chef. I would call myself a home cook who is learning. Mm. And that's that. And there I was on a show. Like, <laughs> I would be far from calling myself an expert ever because I'm not. But there you go. There's opportunity here for all of us. I definitely cannot dance. My Lorenz Latin dance will tell you that Irma cannot dance, but they work with me. <laughs> they love me. They're there. And I keep trying. I keep pushing. And it doesn't stop me from, you know, doing a recital or doing everything that I love. You do not have to be perfect to do the things that you love or to even get started, you know, because mm. perfection and getting better comes with time, with practice. And yeah. if you fall, you get up. You fall, you get up. I have no issue with embarrassing myself, which is probably why I, I, I don't mind taking these risks, you know. That's a beautiful thing. And I, I really, I'm, I, I laugh so much of the, on the support group for Latinos that can't dance. <laughs> and you, those, surprised. you have yeah. these, these ideas of, at least on myself, on my end of like being Italian American, I have, I'm just starting to even see myself in that way. Mm-hmm. So much of most of my journey has been hanging out with other people's cultures. Like mm-hmm. I, I dance. You know, I dance more salsa and speak more Spanish than I do Italian. Like, mm-hmm. so these to then to embrace the things that, and I think this is an American thing when you're dealing with multiple identities yes. <laughs> and being like, well, I don't do that really well, or, but yeah. I still am it. You know, like I don't feel that way with cooking yet, yet. I'm going to throw in a yet, <laughs> but you know, I, I'm so inspired by that. You're just what the... Don't do it perfect, but just do it because there's a yeah, love. You don't it. have to do it perfectly. Uh, you don't. Right. And, and I would invite you to continue to search for your culture because it, it is a part of being American. And that's a beautiful thing. There's nothing wrong with learning other cultures and being with other because it creates an open mind, right? Yes. And when you start understanding more of your culture, what you're going to do is find similarities with the other cultures. And instead of finding what's so different, you're going to start finding a lot of things that are actually in common. Can you tell us a little bit more? Where do people find more information about you? Where do they get Coquito? And um, obviously, it's not just something for the holidays. Coquito is a... Correct. The spirit of Coquito is around all year long. Yeah. So tell us, tell us more about the that. United States throughout the year. You can find us at coquitolady.com. It's literally spelled, it's spelled C-O-Q-U-I-T-O lady.com. Coquitolady.com. We're also on Instagram and TikTok at coquitoladynyc. And you can also follow my personal page if you really want to scroll through the reels and find the dancing videos. They're down oh, there. The da- are the dancing videos? They're down. They're going to go a little far back. But it's, uh, it's my name. It's Irma Cade. It's I-R-M-A-C-A-D-I-Z. 
And oh, I will be scrolling to those. To the uh, you'll, ha- you'll have a fun. You'll laugh. You, but you'll realize like, oh, wow, now this girl really. <laughs> but, it, you know, it, I, I was impressed by the feedback. People had fun with that. And mm. once you're able to laugh at yourself, people are able to laugh with you. Not so much at you like you think they would be. And some people were laughing at me, but I don't mind. And that, that's the beauty of it. I think that's an gr- incredible gift is is this ability to just laugh at ourselves, to not take any aspect of ourselves too seriously yeah. and to just share the gifts that we have. And you have so, so many of them. And I'm so excited to continue to to watch your journey unfold as the, the Coquita Lady of Harlem. Thank you so much. I appreciate that so much. It, your Your energy is very positive and I appreciate you patronizing and loving us and supporting us because even this it's 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 uh it's a help to us you know word of mouth is still king we're still a very small company you know i i uh i'm very much a a small startup but in the end game i would love to be able to scale this oh my god i i I see it (laughs) i would love to be able to scale it you know so all right well let's (laughs) i i pray for the many blessings on 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 that business i see you doing it (laughs) Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming to La Bafana's table and sharing your story and your gifts with us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Okay. Ciao. Thanks so much for pulling up a seat to La Bafana's table. To get episodes sent direct to your inbox, as well as other perks such as access to our monthly community and connection hours, be sure to subscribe to my Substack dinagregory.substack.com. Ciao.